You're listening to the Branches HB Podcast. Hey, I love being here. I really love being a part of this. I know Andrew shared this last week, but I just want to, I'm amazed at our church, you, the Branches Church. I'm just thinking last Saturday at the surf contest, there were so many people, hundreds of people there, and a lot of guys surfing, and it was a great day, followed up with the Young Lives Gala, which met and above, actually 10,000 above what they were trying to raise was raised. And then Sunday, we all got to be in the grass area and having breakfast together and watching the kids running all over and just mingling. It's been so fun. And then Monday night, we had our marriage first workshop and there was over 60 people there at the warehouse and just saying, I need to deal with this area of communication. We had marriage that was there been two years married, and we had one couple that 43 years. So great representation all in between of people who are saying, I need to really focus in on marriage. And then we had Saturday, Andrew mentioned it, we had our, our, our men's monthly breakfast, and then all of a sudden, guess what was going on? The car wash, the youth car wash. I was working with the men thing, cleaning it up, and all of a sudden I heard the Macarena going on. You guys know that? Going on. And I look out and they're all doing it. So it's, the cars had gone through and they're all doing, going to the music, doing the Macarena, and then the cars come up and they're, yeah, we got to take another car. How fun. We have a fun church. We got to realize we do a lot more than just Sunday morning here at Branches. It's a weak thing. It's people are within the family all the time. Well, you guys know, I've officiated, I officiate a lot of weddings here and people even outside, lots of weddings. And one thing I love over the years is so many people would come up to me and say, she is so radiant. She glows. Wendy probably sees as many, if not more weddings than I do shooting. But you hear that all the time, how she glows. She's trying to catch the glow because she's a photographer. But I am, here's my catch. I'm up here, I'm usually on the right side, and I've got the groom next to me, and he gets that first look as she comes through the bushes or wherever she's coming to hide, and she pops out, and they're all looking back at her, and I'm looking at him, because I want to see what's happening in his eyes, because they're getting the glow, he is radiating. He's like, Oh my goodness, that's my lady, soon to be my wife. And you know what? I've seen this with pregnant women. There's something about that belly that just glows to me. It's beautiful. I have been known, and I'm so glad my wife's not here because she would get, she's so upset when I do this. I'll walk up somewhere and a stranger and I'll touch that baby. I know it's not good. I know it's not good, and I know I wait till she's like really nine months, you know. But it's something about that glow. Okay, tell me I shouldn't do that. I know, I get it. My wife has said that over and over. But there's something about that glow. There's something about them that they're different than what they normally are. We got this baby that's about ready. They're going to see this baby soon. You know, I've seen parents 
radiate and beam about the accomplishments of their children. Whether they just finished college, for some, I know, Zane, I don't know if you're in here, but when your kid finally moves out of the house, <laughs> I remember saying, all right, son, you're 24, get out of here. No, I mean, no, there's, there's radiation. There's like, we radiate when our kids play soccer. I was yelling, even Andrew said, careful with your voice. Because you, know, you spoke yesterday morning and now you got three and, and I'm yelling at the soccer game. Yelling, you know, we have four soccer games every Saturday. It's just like, go to these grandkids thing. But I love that, that there's this radiance about the glow about people. Today, we're going to talk about the transfiguration of Jesus. Turn to Matthew chapter 17. We're going to go 1 through 13. If you don't have a Bible, you can raise your hand. Someone will give you a Bible. If not, we will have the verses up on, up on the screen. But today, we're going to talk about this. I think this is so important because I think so often we read this or hear this message and we just move on because I've heard it so many times. Sometimes I don't get it all, but I'm just going to move on. Well, I want you to soak in this. I've soaked in this all week and just really walked with the Lord with this. But here's this beaming or glowing the disciples observed when they saw the divine Jesus all of a sudden shining, right? His face, his clothes were just light, you know? It was like this craziness about them. And all of a sudden, Moses and Elijah are there. And it's, this, it just, it's blowing these three disciples away. Well, let's, let's read about this. But it was something that was very supernatural. It wasn't like they'd been seeing this before, but it was an extraordinary thing. I'm going to share before we read this an experience. How many of us have had, have had a really cool experiences in your life? I hope all of you have had some kind of great experience, right? I'm just going to share one with you. I've got a lot of different ones. I think I have three that I would really pinpoint that I even put in my notes, but there's one that I want to share with you. 1996. I'm a landscape contractor. At this point, I've done, done a lot of things, church serving and stuff, but I wasn't pastoring at this point. And so my dad, which is, he was younger than me. He was 58 years old and he's very healthy. Like me, you know, I've told you this, been married 38 years. I've never been sick. I've never had thrown up in my married life. I just had that right, like things to fight off whatever sickness. I just, I've never had a sick day in my life or work or whatever. So I just had that. So I, I got that genes from my dad. My dad just always has had that same thing. And so he'd never been sick. So when 16, he had his appendix out. That was the last time that he had seen a doctor. <laughs> yeah, that's not good. That's not good. I'm not telling you to do that. Please don't listen to me. But what I'm trying to say though, is he was very healthy. Well, so all of a sudden, he was having a kidney stone issue, and you know, it starts that kidney, it hurts, and it, if you guys have had it, it, I guess it takes a while, and then it passes through. Well, it was so bad, and they said, well, let's go up through there with a the camera, and let's, let's uh, radiate it. We can dissolve it, and then you'll urinate it out. And so it's a very small procedure, and you go home. It's not even a, a major procedure. But I called my brother, which is a pastor in Santa Monica. I said, Steve, maybe we should just go and be with mom in this waiting room because dad's never done this stuff. So we go in there, wait an hour, hour and a half, you know, the procedure's done, the doctor comes out. He said, are you the Snook family? And we're the only ones in the room. Yes. He goes, I have some bad news for you. He said, your husband, your dad, um, we were up there in that camera and we discovered pancreatic cancer. Now, those of you who know what that is, that's, that's three to six months to live when they find it. And they don't know how long you'll live. 
I was devastated. My brother was devastated. My mom was devastating. So what did we do? We went to our foundation. We went to the prayer. We went to that solid rock, and we huddled as a family. And during this huddle time, my brother began to pray. And I'm telling you, as vivid as it is right now, I, I can remember this like it just happened. I felt these hands of Jesus touching my shoulders. I don't know if it was Jesus, but it was these hands touching me and saying, I want you to continue the mantle that your father has carried. I didn't know what that meant. But I was a landscape contractor, and I immediately checked into a theology, and I began to get study, to study. It was two weeks before it started. I called the guy, which my dad and, my, and Carl Westerlin had started. So it was kind of easy for me to get in. I said, hey, is there any way you can get in? I'm 10 days away. I think we can find a way in. God began to place in me that, this calling of being a minister. Didn't know where or when that was going to happen, but it was a process. But that was just a huge thing for me. So let's look at this big experience these disciples got to see. And look at Matthew chapter 17. It says, after six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, is it good for us? To, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I'll put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud, which was God, said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they just fell face down on the ground, and they were terrified. But Jesus came, and he touched them, and he said, hey, guys, get up. Don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except for Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus instructed them, don't tell anyone what you've seen. Yeah, right. Until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. The disciples asked him, why then do the teachers of the law say that Elijah must come first? Jesus replied, to be sure, Elijah comes and will restore all things. But I tell you, Elijah has already come. And they did not recognize him, but have done to him everything they wished in the same way the Son of Man is going to suffer at their hands. Then the disciples understood that he was talking to them about John the Baptist. Let's pray. Father, I just pray as we unpack this scripture, as we talk about this, this change in Jesus, as we see this transformation in his own life, Father, I just pray that you help us just to zero in on you, just to hear what you have to us to hear. Help us work through any of the thoughts that are in our minds right now, the distractions. I just pray your sweet Holy Spirit just begins to teach us now. In Jesus' name, amen. So when I looked at this passage, my first reaction was this. Why did this event take place? Did you wonder that? Why did this take place? 
I think the key to the answer could be found in the context of what we've been studying the last few weeks over. And that's, look at chapter 16. We need to look at that, Matthew 16. We read about the people that have been asking this question over and over, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? For example, look at verse 13, chapter 16, verse 13. Jesus asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? You could tell it was a hot topic at that point because they had been talking about it. Well, verse 14, he says, the disciples said, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But it wasn't just the crowd who was talking about this. It was his disciples who were asking the question. Listen to what Jesus says in verse 15. When he asked them, but who do you say that I am? Peter answered, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. So the question is, who is this Jesus? It was, on, it was burning on their lips, right? They're asking it over and over. Who is this Jesus? Well, they heard a human response. They heard Peter say, you're the son of God, Right? You heard that. And that was from a human's response. But what we see in chapter 17 turns the corner. It's not any longer a human response, but it's a divine response. When the cloud came over and God spoke out of that cloud, this divinely God was speaking, this is my son, listen to him. So who is Jesus? I hope you this just I hope you walk home and or drive home or however you get home with this in your thoughts. Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus to me? Who is Jesus period in my life? Well, this transfiguration took place because God the Father wanted to answer this question definitely once and for all, who is Jesus? He wants to answer this. Here's the second thing. We want to look at the transformation in more detail. All this transformation that you're going, this transfiguration, which is transformation, there's three major events I want you to look at. If you're a note taker, take these down. Three major events. First, Jesus' appearance was transformed. We saw that right in the scripture. Look at it. Look at verse one. It says again, Jesus led Peter, James, and John up the mountain, probably Mount Hermon, which is near Caesarea Philippi, which is about 9,500 feet high. There he was transfigured or transformed before them. His face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as light. I don't know about you, but that would blow me away. That would shock me to like, what is going on? I know this Jesus, I've never seen him like this. Part of the father's response to the question of who is Jesus is he had to reveal him in his full glory. God had to say, this is my son. This is the revealing of his glory. You know, th there was the radiance. There was that sun of his face. There was this dazzling white of his clothes. But you may recall a similar incident. Somebody in the Old Testament. Can you think of somebody else that face was radiated? Who else? Moses, right? Let's look at it. Exodus chapter 34, verse 29 through 33. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai and the two, with the two tablets, Ten Commandments, of the covenant law in his hand. He, had, he was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, his face was radiant. 
and they were afraid to come near him. But Moses called to them. So Aaron and all the leaders of the community came back to him, and he spoke to them. Afterward, all the Israelites came near him, and he gave them all the commands the Lord had given him on Mount Sinai. When Moses finished speaking to them, he put a veil over his face. So he saw the glory of God happen to Moses, right? So God was showing himself. There was different ways God, through the Old Testament, showed himself. But this was different. This was different. This appearance was different. These words from God were different. They were completely different. Here's a Bible commentary that I had, was looking up, and he said this. He said, the law and the prophets have served their turn and passed away. But he who is fulfillment of both is still alone with us. Moses and Elijah were there for a moment, but when those disciples, after they were prostrate, remember, it wasn't when they saw the shine, it wasn't when they saw Moses and Elijah, it was that when they heard, the, they saw the cloud and God spoke, they went down to the ground and bowed before God, and that's when they were going, oh my goodness. This is what it's about. It's not about those two. It's not about the law. It's not about Elijah coming as a prophet. It's about Jesus. Listen to this. So in our, we do a teach team on Tuesdays. In the office, there's like usually six to eight of us. We go through the scriptures and we walk through it. Austin brought this one up and we, as we were reading it. And then, he, and then he sent it to me on Friday, and I thought that was really good. It's just a little side note, but Philip Yancey, wrote in his book, The Bible Jesus Read. He said this, the scene of Jesus' transfiguration contains a fact often overlooked by Christians, but touching for many Jews. At that moment of tender mercy, Moses finally realized his life dream. He stood on the mountaintop, smack in the middle of the promised land. God remembers the dusty ones, the meekest and the greatest. Do you remember Moses? He left Egypt. They, he was in the desert for 40 years with all these children of Israel, but he only got to come to the promised land. And then who took the, the rest of them, the, the next step? We talked about it, men. Joshua. We talked about it yesterday. Joshua was the one that got to take all the children of Israel into the promised land. But what a cool thing that God puts Moses smack dab in the promised land in person on a mountain. He got to be at the promised land. Tell me God isn't even watching over us, man. I think it's another area, not going to go there, but something that I would use very much for reincarnation. <laughs> he came back as a man in the same body. I'm not going to go there because that's a whole other subject. And that's not what we believe. So we're not going to go there. But I just think this is a, a really neat thing. So who is Jesus? Really, who is Jesus for us? Who is Jesus? Another aspect of God's answer is, this is the one. You know, God said, this is the one. This is the man. This is God now. It's this new era in this horizon. It's the Old Testament is passed on. This is the new era. The Old Testament of Moses and Elijah, 
has passed away. This new covenant is, is, is now here in, under the resurrection and the death of Jesus. This new covenant is a relationship with Jesus. How many of you are married? I had you raise your hand already. I, I got to remind you of that because some men forget they're married sometimes. So do you remember that you can't just date them, that there's actually a relationship that's got to go on? Or if you're dating someone, there's a relationship. There's getting to know them. It's not just what color their eyes on. That's, uh, their eyes are. You can look in their eyes. That's pretty easy. But to know what movies they like or, or what they enjoy doing or do you have a favorite poem or I don't even know if I know a poem. Even my middle name's Emerson from Ralph Alder Emerson, but I still don't know if I know a poem. But what are those things that are relational? You know, choosing to be on the same team to me is a relationship. Putting others' needs before yours, committing to someone. So if I'm saying this new covenant is relationship with Jesus, I have to put both feet in there. I have to continue to be with him. The third significant event that happened in the transfiguration was that God the Father told the disciples who Jesus is. 16, they kept asking, well, who is he? Who is Jesus? Well, here, Jesus is going to stay. Look at verse 5 through 8. While he was still speaking, behold, the bright cloud, God was there, covered them. And suddenly a voice out of the cloud saying, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came, touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except for Jesus. It's interesting that when God spoke, he simply said these simple words. It wasn't like he said, now follow Moses and Elijah and Jesus. Did he say that? No. He said, this is my son whom I love. In him I'm pleased. Listen to him. That's all he said. So who's Jesus? God tells us that Jesus is his son. Jesus revealed here as God, the son. That's the glory that was happening. There was this transitional thing that was really happening here. It's more than the bright lights. Because remember, the bright light, when he was all shining and, and Moses and Elijah there, the only one that was still standing was Jesus. That's the message of the transfiguration. 2 Peter 1, 16, 18 echoes this. It says, for we did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. He received honor and glory from God, the Father, when the voice came to him from the majestic glory, saying, this is my son who I love, and I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. Again, you're hearing the same echoed story. It's about the Son. It's about Jesus. At the transfiguration, God assigns to Jesus honor and glory. And it's at this turning point that God exalts Jesus above all powers in creation and positions him as the ruler and as the judge here. 
Jesus takes that position. And I love that. John 14, 7 through 10, Jesus comparing himself to the Father. He claims that knowing him is like knowing the Father. Listen to it. John 14, 7 through 10 says this. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do not know him and have seen him. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and that we will and that will be enough for us. Jesus answers, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak to my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work God and the Father and Jesus and the Holy Spirit are all one, right? This is that declaration of that. And what is this application for us today? What do we do with this? Is it just a story about, wow, this this crazy story? What is it for us? You know, these three words, again, I say, I hope you walk with this, is listen to Jesus. In your translation, it might be hear Jesus. Listen to Jesus. Elijah and Moses are gone. You know, some of us still want to follow laws. We still want to feel like if I do this or that, I was raised that way. I, I guarantee I went to the altar because I was going to hell pretty much every day thousands of times as a kid because I knew that if I lied to my sister before I went to sleep at night and I would pray this prayer and now lay me down to sleep, I won't even give it, but if I, I may die and I hope to be awake. So I asked for forgiveness because I felt like I would go to hell. I really did. So I felt like there were so many rules I had to follow. And so Elijah, Moses, it's not about the rules. It's not about just the, but Jesus is here with us now. That's the key is listen to Jesus. Listen to him now. I think that the world's problems would be solved if everyone would just listen to Jesus. I really do. Amen. Amen. I think that the problems that show up in churches would be solved if everyone just Listen to Jesus. I really do. So how do we listen to him today? <clears throat> do we get to hear him audibly? I've never heard him audibly. I felt a presence of God touching me. You know, <clears throat> more of a, like a vision. But we don't get to hear him audibly, right? I mean, I don't assume we do. Maybe someone might. Jesus made him out some outstanding claims, though, in John 14, 6. He said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus. That is the, so much the truth. There is no other way to God except through Jesus. We don't have to have rules or regulations that we must keep to get to heaven. You don't have to be so good to make it to heaven. Rather, it's a matter of coming through Jesus. That's the only way to heaven, is coming through Jesus, and then you're going to make it to heaven. In conclusion, as we kind of wrap this message up, I believe the transfiguration took place because God the Father wanted to answer that question I said earlier. Definitely, once and for all, who is Jesus? He's the beloved Son of God, and He's here with us. He said, wait a minute, 
when he left the disciples and when he ascended into heaven, they're going, oh no, don't leave us, don't leave us, don't leave us, please don't leave us. I'm not, they don't, didn't say it in the scripture, but that's how I think you'd be saying, please don't. As he's ascending into heaven, but he said, hey guys, I'm still with you. I still have the comforter here. I am still in you and with you. He says, where two or three are gathered in my name, I'm in the midst. When you're praying with your spouse or where you have someone you're hanging out with, absolutely he's with you at a restaurant, at a movie, at a football game. I don't care where you go or where you like to go. Jesus is with you. He's not just with you in church or when you're bowing your head for prayer. He is with us all the time. But do you call out to him? My challenge to you is to connect with him. How do we connect with Jesus? It's God's word. We have this books, this simple Old and New Testament, 66 books, 40 authors, all about God, all about God. From in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then all of a sudden, man was kicked out of this perfect garden. And ever since then, God has tried to get back with man. And so he, he, he had rules. And then there was these prophets that he spoke through. And then we, came, we come to Jesus and he said, now it's through me. And so he left and he said, but it's still through me. And we still have to know Jesus. So Jesus said a few things. And we have to learn how to take God's word and study it. We need to learn how to pray to connect with him. Remember this conversation. Remember the relationship. We have to connect the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and connect with Him. Jesus said, love your enemies. Love your neighbor. Don't judge others. Be humble. He said, don't worry. Follow the golden rule. Worship God wholeheartedly. Show Jesus in everything you do. Seek God first. Deny self. That's the stuff that Jesus talks about. How are we doing in those areas? Do I love my enemies? Do I love? Remember, he took the 12 commandments and he just sandwiched them into two, right? And it's love. Do we love? Do we hear the voice of God today? I hope we do. Well, we simply need to get into the word. I want you to do this. I want you to close your eyes, get in this posture of prayer. I want you to just let God just look right now in your eyes. I just, I just, right now, I just pray as if you were kneeling right before the throne. Jesus is up there next to the Father. He intercedes for us, right, on behalf of us. So he's hearing us right now as he's right there next door to, to God. And Jesus is hearing our words. Picture him looking in your eyes and saying, son or daughter, listen to me. Hear me. I am God. I know about that cancer that's in your body. I know about that family member that's sick. I know about your finances and where they are right now. I know that you have a lost son or daughter that doesn't know me. I know that you are not sure about your job and how you're going to make it. I know all about 
you wanting to get married and try to find that right guy or girl in your life. I know everything about you and I'm connecting with you right now. And I just pray, Jesus, you just help us to just listen to you. How, how do we get to know you more, Father? Father, I praise some of my brothers and sisters right now. I pray that they're going to say, I am going to do like Joshua said when he went into that promised land. I don't know what to do. I'm green. Moses, my mentor, is not here. I've got to take these millions into the promised land. And God, your promises were meditate on my word day and night, and I will give you strength. And I will overcome anything that you have to battle. Jesus, speak to us. I pray no one leaves here today without knowing that you have come to transform each one of us. Jesus invites us to become partakers of God's divine nature. How can we be more like you, Father? It's just get to know your son. As Christians, it says in Ephesians that we are to grow into a temple of God, a place where God lives. I want to be in that temple. I want to radiate with you, God. I want to be in that house of prayer with you and realize I can do that in my car. I can do that in my house. I can do that in my job place. I can do that on my walks. But to what extent do we allow God to live in us? Well, that's, that's our question. That's our duties. That's us to put some action to it, to realize you're with us. You're never going to leave us. We're getting, we're getting to go to heaven. But Father, help us to enjoy heaven now. Help me enjoy that now. As Paul described in Galatians, this he himself it was internally controlled by Jesus. Control my life, Jesus. Control my life. Help us to listen to Jesus. Help us to listen to Jesus. Thanks so much for listening to the Branches HB podcast. For more information on Branches, you can visit our website at brancheshb.com or stay up to date with us on Instagram at brancheshb. As always, we'd love to have you at one of our Sunday gatherings. So come visit us at 8.30 a.m., 10.30 a.m. Locations are available on our website. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.